You're listening to God Stories Radio. God Stories Radio. God Stories Radio. Bringing hope and comfort through the Christian testimony. God Stories Radio, Session 21. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. Mike, I'm really excited tonight because we have some special guests here tonight. We do. Some very special guests. <clears throat> we do. Uh, you were actually able to attend the conference. Can talk a little bit about that. It was the Beauty for Ashes conference at Well, first, uh, let's go back to uh, how that even came to come about. The uh, uh, I never get Friday nights off. Jared from the church... Uh, sent me a, a link like about uh, th- three weeks before this event and put me down as being uh, the backstage for this. And I says, I can't, you know, I'll just let it hold on to it just in case if I have Friday night off or not. Didn't you kind of accept that position before you realized what you well, what you did? And then he sent the usual monthly thing after that, and then I clicked, you know, to accept, accept, accept. And I wait. I said, wait a minute. There's an extra one in there. There's more than I accepted too many. And I went back and looked at it, and October 11th was in there as well. And I accepted it, still not, you know, knowing what's going on. And then, you know, I felt something going on, you know, God talking to me and, and, and uh, you know, something is coming, and I got Friday night off. Wow. So that Friday night off, and, and uh, I spoke to uh, Janet, who's our guest today afterwards, and, and I finally, re- you know, sitting there, I'm looking for something, why I'm here. You know, why was he there that night? And when she was giving her testimony, it hit me that this, that's why I was here. Uh, I know I was pretty excited because I got a text from you. I know about midway through that conference, it said, now I know why I'm here. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. It I'm going to let you introduce him, Mike. Okay. Uh, we have a special guest here tonight, Janet Dara, who uh, has a ministry called Beauty for Ashes. And uh, she gave her testimony a couple of weeks ago at, uh, at Real Life. And her husband, Mike, is sitting alongside as well. So, Janet, let's hear your testimony. Okay. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Um, It's always an honor to be able to share with others how Christ has changed my life and how he saved my life. You know, I grew up in the church, was in church every Sunday. Every time there was a special event, my parents had me there. But somehow, even growing up like that in the church and hearing the message, I didn't know that it was a personal relationship with Christ. I missed it somehow. What I got out of church was I needed to be good or else. Mm -hmm. And so that was my view of God growing up, hitting, you know, adolescent, doing things you shouldn't. And then I learned to hide sin because I was always afraid to be honest. And that's how I... That's how I lived my life. And into adulthood, um, I got married young, had a couple of kids right away, right after I graduated from high school. Married the first guy that said, I love you, because 
that was the first time I remember hearing those words. And I thought, oh, my goodness, somebody loves me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to hang on to this one. So that's how I went into marriage the first time, which we know is the wrong way. No, been there, done that. Absolutely. Bought the T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. And um, was married for almost nine years, had two children. And I thought, this is my life. You know, we're, I'm in this forever. And then that didn't happen. I ended up uh, committing adultery. I ended up asking for a divorce, and I continued to hide everything that I was doing. My parents still thought I was the good girl. I didn't want to disappoint them. But what I found happening in my life is the more that I did, the more sin and the more I hid it, the further away from God I was. Through that time, after getting divorced, um, for the first couple of years, Mm -hmm. I lived a very sinful, very promiscuous lifestyle. And, but I didn't want that lifestyle at the same time. I know that sounds strange. About that time, I, I met a woman that I worked with in 1988. And I was sharing with her, you know, that I wanted a family. All I ever, all I remember ever wanting was to be a wife and a mom. And she said, well, my husband works with a guy named Mike. <laughs> and, May um, I add that uh, the Mike that we're referring to <laughs> is sitting yes, right next to me. is from Solomon's Porch Radio. The other half of Solomon's Porch Radio. <laughs> and it's so good to have him. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and anyhow, she shared how um, he was looking for a relationship. He had custody of his two kids that he was raising by himself. And that immediately piqued my interest because that wasn't the type of men that I was meeting. So they arranged a blind date for my 30th birthday. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have been together ever since. Yes, we have. And that was in? 1988. 1988. <laughs> you know, things were progressing the right way as far as my plans were, because once I met him, I'm like, okay, I want to be married to this guy, want to have a family with him. But there's no way I was going to tell my secrets. So I went into the relationship still hiding all of my secrets. And just bef- just after I met Mike, I found out I was pregnant. And I thought, oh, I surely can't tell him this now because he's going to head for the hills so fast. All I'm going to see is dust. And I wasn't sure who the father was, which I was so ashamed about. And so I did what I always did. I thought, I have to hide this mistake, too. So I didn't tell anybody, and I just went to the clinic, and I already had my mind made up. To be honest about it, looking back, I don't know if anybody could have talked me out of it. Um, But I went into that. I walked into that building determined, and um, I had an abortion. And I don't remember a lot of details of that day, Um, One of the things I remember is after it was over with, I remember the doctor asking me if I wanted to know if it was a boy or a girl. And I said yes, and he said it was a boy. And I I just pushed everything way down. And I left that place and I thought, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm going to forget all of this. I'm going to move forward with my plans with Mike. I'm going to be a good girl. I'm not going to make any mistakes from here on out. Not too long after that, Mike and I got married. And 
I still, I still didn't tell him anything, any of my secrets. And then after we had been married about a year, I found out I was going to have a baby. <laughs> and I was so excited because even though between the two of us, we had four kids, and we were raising all four of them together. And um, we had two boys and two girls from our previous marriages. But when I found out I was pregnant, I remember feeling really excited to be able to have babies with Mike and have that experience with him. And But at the same time, there was a lot of fear associated because I thought, okay, I want this baby. I didn't want the other one. And is God going to do something to punish me for what I did before? But I still didn't tell anybody my secret. I went through the nine months of pregnancy. And when Elizabeth was born, and she was perfect. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, I don't deserve this. You know, I, I don't deserve this. And, um, but I was so glad and so thankful that God answered that prayer. And then two years later, <laughs> I got pregnant again, and um, we had Ben. And again, I still, I kept that secret. And I thought, okay, I have everything I want now. I had everything in life I wanted. I had a husband that I was crazy about. And I had three three sons and three daughters. I had the job I wanted. I had the house I wanted. I had my family and friends. But I was still so unhappy. And I went for counseling and they said I was depressed and gave me some Prozac, but things didn't get better. I still felt that same heaviness inside. Um, And I started thinking, you know, maybe everybody would be better off if I wasn't around because everything that I'd ever done wrong was always in front of me. It was like I had this list And I could never erase any of that stuff off that list, no matter how hard I tried. And it was about that time that um, I got a promotion at my job, and I started working with a woman named Mary. We headed off right away, and she loved me unconditionally. I didn't feel like I had to pretend to be something that I wasn't with her she would she would talk to me about God and she kept um, asking me to attend a women's retreat called the Great Banquet and for two years and then she kind of just quit talking about it and the more time I spent with her the more I wanted what she had there was something about her that I wanted for myself. There was a peace and a joy that she had that didn't change based on what was going on in her life. And in my way of thinking, I thought if I go to this retreat that she went to, maybe I'll get there what she has. And so I came to her and said, I'd like to go. And so they set it up and I went to this church 45 minutes away from where I lived, completely cut off from the world. No phones were allowed. No, I didn't have a vehicle. I didn't have my purse. 
The clocks in the church were even covered, so you couldn't tell what time it was. One of the women at the at the retreat uh, called it Jesus Jail. She said, you know, we're in Jesus Jail. It was for 72 hours is how long the retreat lasted from Thursday night to Sunday night. And when Mary dropped me off that first night, I remember being in the lobby, and I'm surrounded by all of these women I don't know, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, these are all perfect church women. If they find out what kind of person I am, I'm going to be run out of here. So I'm already plotting my story, you know, what I'm going to share. Well, the next day, these perfect church ladies get up and start sharing their stories, and I find out they're not so perfect. And I thought, I began to think, wow, if God did that for them, maybe he'll do that for me. And so on Friday night, November 4th, 2000, um, I snuck into the chapel after everybody was in bed, so it was just me by myself. Jesus met me there. I mean, I can't, I can't describe it. Was, it was supernatural. I mean, I knew he was with me. I confessed everything to him told him I was sorry you know the amazing thing about him is he didn't out me he didn't make me tell anybody all the things I had done because he knew I would put up that mask and that facade again Mm -hmm. he knew the way to reach my heart and it was just it was private it was just he and I and um, when I got up off that I laid on the floor and just cried and cried and cried And when I got up off the floor, I thought, okay, I don't feel any different. Nothing's changed. I went to bed that night, and the next morning, one of the women started talking about the cross. And the tears just started to flow, and I knew. I understood then. And I was changed. I mean, I literally, I felt a weight lifted off. I felt loved. It was just like this feeling came over me like somebody just covering you with a warm blanket. So I went home. <laughs> Satan got exposed, that. didn't oh, he? Yeah. Uh, they, uh, you closed that condemnation window Satan was uh, mm, using there. She, to, and she yeah. came home, like she said, and it was like we just started dating. I mean, she followed me everywhere in the house. Wow. And... Um, and, and I just kept looking at her, and, and she was just different. I mean, and, and when I say that, I don't mean that in a negative way. She was just different. And um, she was real happy, I mean happy, to be there with all of us. And, and before that weekend, uh, when she says that she struggled and, 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 and things were never going well for her and all the kids and us, I, it wasn't going well for me either. I mean, I... I wasn't happy. Um, I felt like I was just being dutiful mm-hmm. as a husband and a, and a father. Sure. And when she came home that weekend and she was like she was, um, I can look back at it now and, 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 and see where I got my first glimpse of, um, of hope for all of us. And I didn't really know it then. I know it now mm-hmm. because – she stayed after me like her friend Mary stayed after her until I went to Jesus jail. <laughs> <laughs> but it only took him six months to say yes. It didn't take him two years. Yeah. <laughs> Every man should be shacked up with John Denman for a weekend. 
<laughs> so anyway, she asked me uh, if I would go, and um, she said, but I don't want to make you go. It's up to you. I said, okay, I don't want to go. So then she did like most wives do. do. She says, okay, I want you to go. <laughs> so I went, and that's where I, I was saved there as well. Without going into detail tonight, I'll do that another time. But, mm-hmm. but that's how God brought us together, really, for the first time. We had been married for several years, ten years at that time, was it, or nine, eight years, something like that. But that was the first time that God actually brought us together, because He was in the middle of it. We had invited Him into mm-hmm. our marriage. Amen. In, in reality. Well, as long as Satan had her under that condemnation thumb, yep. yeah. you know, feeling like, yeah, I don't deserve this. All and, these and, people are perfect. And the, I'm and not. The words that come to mind, as Charles Stanley coins it, uh, genuine love probably right. set in. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. yeah. And God saved our marriage because yes, we, w- we were headed for divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So... Moving forward. Yes. Well, moving forward, um, it was about, it was shortly after um, Mike surrendered to the Lord. And I was still struggling with my secrets. I talked with a woman uh, from our church. She encouraged me to tell Mike. She said, you need, you need to tell Mike about the abortion. She said, he is going to be part of your healing process in this that was scary it was really scary to tell him but when I did he didn't because another lie I was convinced of up to then was that Mike would leave me if he found out what I had done Mm -hmm. not just because of the abortion but because of the circumstances surrounding that time of my life but he didn't he didn't leave he modeled the unconditional love of Christ to me and the Lord knew the right timing to tell him because he had already been working in Mike's heart through Mike's surrender to Christ. And so the way that God orchestrated the whole thing, again, I just can't stress the tenderness and the privacy in dealing with me and my sin. It wasn't that the sin was okay, but the way that Christ dealt with me in love and not condemnation, I just fell head over heels in love with him. My relationship with Christ now is like a romance. It's the kind of relationship that every woman dreams of, you know, the knight in shining armor coming in and rescuing you and not caring how you look or what you've done, just caring about you, period, that you're safe and that you're okay, and then just covering you and showering you with love. That's what he did throughout this whole process. You're truly experiencing the peace that passeth all understanding right now, aren't you? (laughs) Yes. Amen. Yes. And still undeserving, but that doesn't matter. Aren't we all, though? Yeah. It doesn't matter like it did before. Right. And so over the next few years, um, you know, Mike and I both had some things we needed to work through together as a couple, as a family. Sin issues in our life we had to deal with, with Christ. 
Um, and then I remember I was at a women's meeting at church, and they were singing the song about Isaiah's prayer, Here I Am, Lord, Send Me. It's mm-hmm. an old hymn. Mm-hmm. And I remember as I was listening to the words of that song, I silently prayed, and I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm here. You can send me. You can use me, you know, however, whatever that looks like. Then in 2006, in November of 2006, we were on our way to the beach, and I was reading my Bible, and I was reading in Isaiah, and Isaiah 61 just started to read like a job description to me. And I knew that he was sending me to talk to other women who had the same secret that I did, and he called, He said to call it Beauty for Ashes. You know, I'd always worked in the corporate world. I worked for Eli Lilly and Company for t- 12 years, and the Lord even knows how to communicate to us because, mm-hmm. like I said, that scripture, it was like it was all laid out for me like a job description. Do this, do this, do this, do it this way, don't do it this way. So that's how Beauty for Ashes was birthed. I'm a kind of a slow person to move. I tend to procrastinate in areas where I'm not sure of myself. So I spent a lot of time in research and going through my own healing for the abortion. I went through an abortion healing Bible study myself. And the Lord just kept putting people into our lives that were even involved in this ministry and connecting us, kind of connecting the dots and mentors and good, good teachers. And so Beauty for Ashes was, we incorporated in 2007, and we began with holding small group Bible studies um, for recovery from abortion, emotional recovery from abortion. And we would hold them in churches, homes, pregnancy centers, wherever we could get space. And so we did that for several years, and then in 2010, we opened our first office in Groveland. In 2011, we expanded our services to include pregnancy testing, pregnancy counseling for people that found themselves pregnant like I had been. And so we we educate about the importance of abstinence as well, offer biblical discipleship, counseling, whatever we can do to come alongside women to help them, number one, to break free from any emotional bondage from sin that's holding them back whether it's sinful actions on their part or things that people have done to them. Because we see a lot of women that have been involved in domestic violence and sexual abuse. Now, the mess that my life was, my secrets, I have beauty for ashes now in my life. Because not only do I get to serve the Lord now and work with women, which is my favorite thing to do besides going to the beach my family. <laughs> I'll second that. Yeah, really. That's one of my favorites. Um, you know, he turned that around that the enemy meant to destroy me with and destroy my family with. God turned it around and is using it for good. So. And you honestly can, can say to those women, you, you know how they feel because you've right. been there. Right. Right. And you can't, you can't um, try to help someone. I'm not being there to that spot to that point. You can't, right. It, it, you've got to live. You have to have lived it. When somebody to. looks you in the eyes and says, I'm tired, mm-hmm. you had to have been there. Yep. And the other thing is this, too. Not only not only can they relate to Janet because because she 
has been where they are, but they can also see what God truly can do in your lives afterwards. Amen. That's mm-hmm. And that's how God, I think, uses a lot of us uh, when when He uh, when we come to terms with the sin that He's shown us in our lives and we truly give it over to Him, and and He heals us from it. Now it's our turn to be used to help someone else. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and now Mike and I are doing yeah. marital counseling mm-hmm. together, and we've been we just celebrated 21 years of marriage. Yep. Wow. We have three grandsons. We have three grandsons. Oh, that's fantastic. Yep. So God's blessing and His His um, faithfulness, even when we aren't faithful, is it's beyond words. I just don't mm-hmm. have the words to express how awesome it is to to be cared for by a father like our father in heaven mm-hmm. and Absolutely. to be rescued the way that our savior rescues us and he still has to rescue me you know but now i've learned to deal with sin the way that it should be dealt with and to bring it to Christ instead of running away from him mm-hmm. and trying to hide it. Um, my friend, Jackie, she's 84 and she's the one who taught me the importance of the word. She's like my spiritual mom. And we've been meeting at least once a week for 10 years now. We started sitting at her kitchen table and she made me memorize the books of the Bible. She said, oh, those tabs, dear, those tabs have to go. You need to know your sword. <laughs> that was one of the first things she did, was, yeah. was had me get a Bible without the pretty little tabs uh, on them. In the early days, we depended on those. Oh, yeah. And, um, but she taught me something. She said, she, she shared a saying with me once, that sin will take you further than you meant to go. It will cause you to stay longer than you meant to stay, and it will cost you more than you wanted to pay. And that's been true in my, I've seen how sin works. I try to keep that in mind now, and of course do things God's way the first time. But knowing when I don't, that he's there waiting, that there's not condemnation. Amen, you took his ammo away. Yep. No secrets. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No Christian um, condemnation. It's not, it's not there. I know that's it. not supposed to be anyway. Satan will throw it at you, but but it's that's not right. there. She mentioned Isaiah sixty one as well. Yeah, I, I you probably saw her eyes light up. I noticed the exchange the the exchange it, it, between the two of you. I, probably almost a year ago. Yeah, just before we started God Stories Radio, God put me in Isaiah sixty one. He had me camped in Isaiah 61 for three to four months. I texted over to him, hmm. and then it was how long before you actually saw the te- you saw the text. You remember how that happened? It, I, not totally, but yeah. it was, you had something to do with it, and then something else at the same time came came into play. And Because I, I was asking God, okay, where do you want me to go now? What part of the book do you want me to read? And there it was, Isaiah 61. And like I said, I wanted to move on from it, but three to four months every day Isaiah but you're so right Miss Janet that chapter is an instruction manual mm-hmm. it was the catalyst really for us to continue with God Stories Radio I don't know that it would have ever started 
Can I read it? Sure. Oh, absolutely. We've referenced Go right ahead. it. Let's Go right ahead. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. Foreigners will be your servants. They will feed your flocks and plow your fields and tend your vineyards. You will be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. You will feed on the treasures of the nations and boast in their riches. Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully reward my people for their suffering and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be recognized and honored among the nations. Everyone will realize that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom in his wedding suit or a bride with her jewels. The sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world. Everyone will praise him. His righteousness will be like a garden in early spring, with plants springing up everywhere. And what version is that? Uh, the New Living Translation. Oh, okay. Because okay, wow. I, I uh, was from NIV, and I have it memorized after three to four months camp. Have <laughs> so. you ever thought about book on tape? Because you read uh, amazing, mm-hmm. amazingly. <laughs> yeah, I can just feel it while she's reading, you know. I need to do a narrative on that. And, and Janet, what is the website? Our website is um, beautyforashesfl.com. And uh, we always encourage the listeners, if they have any questions, comments, anything, to get a hold of us at God Stories Radio at Gmail. If they wanted to contact you direct, what would be the best way? Um, probably, well, they could email jndara, D-A-R-R-A-H, at AOL.com or they can go to the website, um, or they can call. And the number's 352-241-6042. That's session 21. Holy smokes. Mm -hmm. Mike, thanks for coming along. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks um, for inviting me. Guys, I just, I can't describe uh, to you, to the listeners right now, how the feeling in this room Mm -hmm. right now. And now, like I said, uh, text you now i know why god had me there and if i could say something to mike you know i was talking about him being used to the lord i was in pretty bad shape when i met mike dara i came (laughs) walked into the room i was a a mess and uh, what was funny was the first class that i ever came to nobody else showed up just me and him he just yep, looks, looks over at me and he says, so what's going on with Fritz tonight? Mm-hmm. And that was it. 
He has that impact on a lot of people. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. He, he hung tight with me for the for the whole class. Yeah, but and to have no mess. one there that night, just like we were talking it before was a the setup. session. Total setup. It was a setup. God, God <laughs> I didn't do it, though. All. No, no, you did. <laughs> even just, Tim didn't show. Yeah, well, yeah. just like uh, we were talking before the session, God has all those, even the small little details taken yep. care of. Thank you, thank you so much, guys, for coming by. Such a privilege to have Mike from Solomon's Porch Radio with us and then his wife, Janet, from Beauty for Ashes. Well, that wraps it up for Session 21. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. God bless. God bless. <laughs>